I got, I, I, I just study all the time. <laughs> and I, sometimes, you know, you have so much to say, you don't know when you're going to say it all. But I got to get the mouse working here. This stubborn mouse. I'll set a trap for this thing one day. It works off your clothes really well. <laughs> you know, there's a verse that stood out to me in Psalm 145. Talked about his kingdom as an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion rules over all. And then after that, if you read the rest of it, it talks about what would happen to those who wait on him. Did, did you get that out of the whole passage this morning? Sometimes we read scripture and we don't even know what it said. But it really impacted me because uh, Jesus came to earth to dominate and take authority over the darkness that ruled the people. Oh. A mouse pad. Thank you. God's original intention has never ever changed. God does not start something and then change his mind. He starts something to bring change because he never changes. That's why he can bring change. Because he can't change, whatever he changed will be consistent to who he is that cannot change. And God sent his son to this earth to bring heaven to this earth. To bring the kingdom of God to a reality of people who walk in darkness. You and I are those whom he loves greatly. You and I are those who saw a light and then became part of that life. He came to bring the kingdom, the rulership of heaven, to this earth and to actually confront what Satan had birthed in the garden. All disobedience, all sickness, all rebellion, everything that he sowed, Jesus came to destroy its work. 
First John says, for this purpose was he manifested, that he would destroy the works of the devil. And if we had time, we could go through all the things that he went through that actually confronted that darkness. You and I are privileged by the fact that God loves us and in the fact that he sent his son here to confront darkness and bring light and life to those who are doomed to hell. If Jesus is in you, you can dominate darkness. You can dominate temptation. You can dominate the flesh. You can dominate everything that is opposed to the will of God. Pastor David's been preaching out of Genesis 1.28. He gave Adam and Eve the authority to subdue. And that means this. To bring into subjection, subdue, and to force, to keep under, and to bring into your control. Everything that lives, including Satan. And that's why God didn't interfere. Because he told them what they could do. And he waited for them to do it. And when they failed, he came to them and he covered their nakedness. And he made a prophetic announcement to the devil. He said, the seed of the woman is going to kick your head. That means that Jesus, who was born of the seed of the woman by the Spirit of God, was going to destroy the thought processes of Satan and his thought processes that want to control people. He came to expose the love of God, but he also came to expose the wrath of God. He took the wrath of God on our behalf so that we could experience the love of God. And when I sit in Timmy's and I watch people, wherever I go, you can see society that is lost, walking in the darkness that they don't even know nor comprehend the light that has come to this world. And the Father sent His Son to come down 
and bring the dominion and the subduing power of the kingdom of God to this world, into this society, into every generation. That's what Psalm 145 said. And I think, it doesn't really matter what I think. God thinks that you and I, through him in us, can rule and have dominion and dominate, not with arrogance, but with confidence. I think for too long we've walked around as Christians with a spineless, meaningless effort of life and objective without a sense that I can do it. And I think God would come and say to us today, I want to put an end to that thinking in your mind. The prophetic word of Isaiah spoke about Jesus coming, my servant, whom I uphold, my elect, in whom is my delight. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the, end, to the Gentiles. And he shall not cry nor lift up his cause, his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flag shall he not quench, and he shall bring forth judgment unto truth. In other words, his judgment is not condemning. His judgment is bringing to truth, which is liberating. Thus saith the Lord God, that has created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it. He that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold your hand and will keep you and give you for a covenant to the people for a light to the Gentiles. He's talking about Jesus. He gave him and he brought him down here to bring a kingdom covenant that God is committed to that has authority over every wicked thing that Satan ever propagated in the garden. We don't dominate because of ourselves. We dominate because he gave us the victory, the power, the authority to speak his word, to do his will, to abide in his presence, and to fervently desire to see his kingdom be the reality of the manifestation of heaven on earth. 
the cross, when he said it's finished, he meant everything for our success and our life and our freedom and our well-being and our healing has been done. God sent his son, this is Isaiah, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoner from prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, and that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and a new thing do I declare. Before they spring forth, I'll tell you about them. This was a prophetic plan of the coming of the Messiah to earth. And there are many scripture verses that refer to Jesus in the Old Testament. And Jesus, in the Gospels, it is declared of him, don't think that I come to do away with the law. I come to fulfill all that's in the law, the Psalms, and the prophets. We are reading a portion of what he fulfilled. You see, God just said, well, just go down there and see what they'll do. No, no, he came down and he confronted, he came into a dark world. Let me explain to you what that looks like. This is the biblical description of what darkness he came into. Let me find it. It was a darkness due to a want of light. Literally an absence of natural light or darkness. You ever get up and it's really dark? You can't see anything. You can't do anything. You can't even know anything. Except it's dark. Figuratively, he's talking about what is characterized by a lack of religious or moral perception. A dark evil that blinds the eyes of man to what God is really like. Another description is like this. Metaphorically is used of ignorance of divine things and its associated wickedness and the resultant misery in hell. That's what that word darkness means there. He came into a dark world. He came to a place where he couldn't comprehend who he was. The light of the world came. And they didn't know him. They couldn't comprehend him. But he came anyway. You see, kingdom, Jesus brought the kingdom to evade the darkness of this world and to bring a light to those who sat in darkness. 
and were forever sentenced to damnation and hell. And he came and invaded this darkness, a representative from heaven. And they didn't get it. He came onto his own, and they didn't know him. It's found in John chapter 1. He was the true light which lights every man that cometh into the world. The world knew him not. His own received him not. They didn't comprehend because of the darkness. They didn't know him. And neither did they receive him. But he came anyway. Do you know why? Because darkness is not greater nor more powerful than Jesus himself. He came into the world that he created and it didn't know him. Didn't want him. But he came anyway. And light invaded darkness. And it says this, and those who sat in darkness saw a great light. Our, pre, our pea-sized brain can't understand the full magnitude of Almighty God and His intended purpose that can never fail. It is man who failed, not God. But God came to man's failure and redeemed him because He's greater than the darkness. He is the light of the world. But he also came to those who would receive him. As it says in John chapter 1. But there's three things. Darkness couldn't comprehend him. The world didn't know him. And he wasn't received. But, this is the biggest but in the Bible. But as many as have received him, to them gave he authority to be his sons and daughters. That's his answer. That's his provision. That's his life. 
He gave us the power to be his son. He invaded darkness and brought light to a world that was deprived of divine light and divine life simply because of the fall. But God, in his infinite wisdom, saw to it that I am not going to leave it that way because I can't leave it that way. Nobody is going to interfere with my plan to have sons and daughters that love me, that relate with me, that serve me, and that want to be with me. I will not be denied of what I created mankind for. God will never be denied. Keep that in your mind. God will never be, be denied for you to be who he wants you to be and what he wants you to have and what you should do. He will never be denied that. That's why he comes and gives us the divine ability to be sons and daughters of Almighty God and carry out his plan on this earth. I mean, what a privilege. What an honor you and I have that God would come and graciously save us and make us his sons and his daughters and say, I have a purpose for your life. And to win the battle of darkness and totally defeat it and then come and give it to us freely. Kind of blows my mind to the next thought. Here's what John says. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of divine favor, divine ability, and complete truth. No lies. No deception. No maybes. And John bore witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spoke, that he cometh after me, is before, preferred before me, for he is before me. And of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. You can't get any richer than that. Grace and more grace and more favor and more favor and more grace and more favor. How much favor does God want to give us? Everything he's got. God is not a Scrooge. He is a favorable God. 
He loves you. He died for you. He sacrificed his life for you. He gave everything. He gave up heaven. And he took on hell. God put the sins of the world upon him. And then God had to turn his back on him. And he suffered the denial of his father's fellowship. For you and me. That just moves me emotionally. My. What love. What passion. What dignity. What foresight. What provision. What a relationship. The magnitude of God at our disposal for life. That's amazing. His purpose was this, to expose the kingdom of God. To expose the authority and power of Almighty God that no power can overcome. Jesus came to dominate, subdue, liberate, and take ownership. Let me say that again. Jesus came to dominate, subdue, liberate, and take ownership of, right, of rightly what belongs to him. You rightly belong to him. He invaded darkness. He brought light to those who sat in darkness. It said a great light. He came to his own and they didn't even know him. But he showed his love anyway. Wow. I don't know about you, but for me, my life is indebted to him. What has the enemy destroyed in your life? God will restore it. What has sickness done to you? God will restore it. God is truly the God of his creation. 
He's truly the God of the people he created. He is truly the love that surpasses all understanding and goes beyond our comprehension to even understand how deep his love is for us. His majesty is among us. His kingship is here to rule. His authority has been given for us to walk in. To achieve the things in life that he has given us to do. He has left us everything that we need to be successful. And when we look, when I look at myself, I see myself as so being so feeble and in, unable. But in him, in him, we are everything in his eyesight that he ever planned for us to be and do. We owe him nothing. And yet we owe him everything. Because he paid everything. He paid for everything for our freedom. He paid the whole thing. You ever have anybody pay your way? Oh, he paid your way. He paid your way. He paid the full price for your freedom from sin. He paid the whole price for you to be born again. He paid the whole price for you to be the son of God and the daughter of Almighty God. He paid for you to walk in a path that he provided for you. He paid the train fare. He paid the bus fare. He paid the fare for you. Get on the bus. Hallelujah. In, in fact, you know what? Whether you know it or not, you're in the bus. He knows where the bus is going. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he would destroy the works of the devil. <clears throat> when he hung on that cross... And the Father forsook him because the Father could not fellowship with the darkness that he took upon himself. And he faced the darkness that Satan brought into this world.
and he defeated it. And you and I walk in that liberty. You and I, as sons and daughters of Almighty God, have been taken out of the powers of darkness and put into the kingdom, the rulership of the king of his dear son. We have been translated out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We have been translated out of defeat and into victory. We've been, we've been taken out of poverty and put into wealth. He sits in heaven and he rejoices over you. He loves you. He has a destiny for your life. He has a victory for you every day. He has a purpose for you. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your strength, and with all your might. He has a purpose for you that darkness cannot touch you. He has caused you to be his son and his daughter, to which temptation has no power. Except through the flesh that wars against the law of our mind. To bring us back into subjection means you're free from that. He totally liberated you from the powers of darkness. And brought you into the kingdom of his dear son. What does that mean? It means this. The, the, the king that rules over everything, you're in there. I want to share this verse with you because I'd like to eliminate a doubt that often rests in our minds. A centurion that came to him needed healing. And whatever that centurion expected, here's what Jesus said to him. So it be done to you. How gracious. How gracious. You see, I think that I think Jesus is just waiting. For centurions to come to him and ask for healing. Because he likes to kick Satan right in the teeth again. And his servant, he, he was talking about his servant. And it says this, and his servant was healed in the same hour. I like that. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house and he saw his wife's mother laid 
and sick for fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she rose and ministered to them. Instantly. And when evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out spirits with his word. And he healed all that were sick. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, let's never diminish what Jesus wants to do in our lives and through our lives. Let's never ever believe a lie that is opposite to what he actually does. And some of the theological sick brains that can't read the simplicity of Scripture and believe it is in a sad case. They think they're smarter than God. That somehow the Holy Spirit doesn't do this stuff now. Dumb. Demented. Waywardly taken off to some other belief system that's not of God. When I read my Bible, I just see Jesus always saying, Go your way, your faith made you whole. In fact, I was challenged by an author that said, Not everybody that was healed or delivered believed. The demoniac man, who did Jesus talk to? He didn't talk to the man, he talked to the demon. And when the demon left, the guy was okay. He didn't even have a chance to believe. Jesus just intervened and said, I have all authority in heaven and earth. You get out of here. Actually, he should have said, you get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I, I'm just so stirred with the word of Jesus. And I want to give you this in conclusion. It's only going to take a half hour. If I can find it. Now the printer printed on each side. I want to tell you what the gospel means, the word gospel. It's so diminished to just good news. It is that, but it's more than that. 
The number one meaning of the word gospel is this, a reward of good things. We call it good news. No, it's a reward of good things. God wants to reward you with good things. That's not just being saved. It includes that. But the reward of God, the gospel of the kingdom, the go- Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. The rewards from the one who is king that rules. He wants to reward your life with the things that he can rule over and bless you with the opposite. In other words, if you're sick, he wants to reward you with healing so that you can live in health. He wants to reward you with peace. He wants to reward you with joy. He wants to reward you with long-suffering and gentleness. The gospel, the first meaning of the gospel is a reward. Hallelujah. God desires to reward you. The message of the gospel is not about sin. But how God wants to reward people with eternal life. And so often we're always living in the negative. Yeah, he deals with our sin. Yeah, we confess our sin. But why? Because of eternal life. Because of the good things. The reward of eternal life. The reward of peace. The reward of joy. We are living a rewarded life. That we never earned. Hallelujah. The reward of healing. The reward of deliverance. The reward of the abundant life on earth. God longs to always reward people with good things from his kingdom. His good tidings are always that which is rewarding. God is not the God of a Scrooge. He's the God of abundance. Abundance of joy, abundance of peace, abundance of love, abundance of success. God is not minimized. He is maximized. Never minimize God. He can't be minimized. In your mind, he might be, but that doesn't influence him. He knows who he is. He knows what he wants, and he knows how to do it. The second thing that the word means is this. It's good news. God is not the God of bad news. Jesus was a constant announcer of the gospel or the rewarder of the kingdom that accompanied salvation, healing, and deliverance. 
Always. Always. The content of his preaching was good. The total burden of his proclamation was always deliverance, healing, salvation, everlasting life. Always. The good news always accompanied with the power of the kingdom of the king. In other words, when you read your Bible, God, the king of the whole earth, the one who rules over all, always accommodates what he said. There, I can't read it anymore. God is so good. God is so good. He knows your frailty. He knows my frailty. He knows our weaknesses. He knows everything. But he infuses us with his ability. He infuses us with his word. He infuses us with himself. And he says, I'm not just with you. I'm in you. The one who conquered everything is in us. For this purpose, see, my wife read me this verse, and she says, this is what you're going to preach on. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. You know why she said it? Because she heard from God. And, and, and there's a life that you and I are called to walk in that is so dynamic. It is so glorious. It is so powerful. It is so meaningful. It is so fruitful. It is so domineering. It is so subduing that there's no power that you and I face that can ever intimidate us or control us. And to me, that gives me confidence in my Jesus who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And those who sat in darkness saw a great light. You saw a great light and you're part of that great light now. Wow. What do you want from God? Bradley and Veronica, what do you guys want from God? What do you want? Huh? A baby. He heard you. What, what, what do you want from God? Somebody wants something from God? What do you want? 
Come on, what do you want from God? What? All right, he heard you. Somebody said a baby? Oh, healing. <laughs> God is a rewarder. Hallelujah. Make your request made now unto him. Amen. He paid the price for you to have victory. He paid the price for you in order to release what heaven has to offer you. I got to stop.